five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Moon Tea Podcast. I am Hugh, one of your co-hosts. I'm John. And we are here to talk about craft, community, and building meaningful careers. So let's begin. Hey, John. Hey, Hugh. You doing all right? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just a, it was a really fun day at work. And oh, yeah? Kind of running around, getting at things in order, but now we're here, and this is the best time of the day, to be honest. I look forward to this. Awesome. How about you? You, uh, you enjoying the uh, transition into the new role? For, for, those yeah. of you, for those of you who don't have context, Hugh uh, started his current job as a designer uh, and then did some mobile development, and now he's doing product management. So can you tell us about that transition? Yeah, it's pretty fun. Right now, I'm actually in this interesting crossroads where I'm still doing the design function and trying to hold that process and, and doing iteration slash design sprints there while also trying to be in a bit more meetings that are more at a strategic level with a few more stakeholders and trying to find the time between the two to one, figure out how to offboard my design function while onboard myself into a product manager function. So it's been pretty fun. Have you guys hired a designer? Nope. I don't even know if we've started looking yet, but we are going to have to. And it's interesting because it, it, we're in a bit of a growth phase. We just raised our Series A in mm -hmm. the end of January, beginning of February. And so now we have a bit more cash on hand and still need a request that as we figure out the actual breakdown of our PM team slash product mm -hmm. verticals that we're going to have teams and pods built around because we're going agile. And then from there, we'll then be able to figure out provisioning for design. So kind of like, it's an interesting, I wonder, it'll be probably two, three months before I really become a true PM, but we'll see where it goes. I don't even know where I'll be in two, three months. Well, I'll be at the company, but I don't know where I'll be Will you? or what I'll be doing. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually really like it. Genuinely, I think this is the first company I've ever worked at. Even, I, you know, having worked at Airbnb, first company I've ever worked at that I was like, I actually want to stay here. Like I actually really enjoy everyone I work with. Everyone's down to earth. I also really like my management team slash my manager. Um, yeah, it's the first company I truly like. Don't feel. I've had a lot of hard days here and there, and like, what am I doing and trying to just grow? But all mm -hmm. of that has been felt really supported, and I feel like there's been really good support network slash communication schemes. So, yeah. Cool. Um, uh, I'm wondering how that, how the workflow looks like for you, like more specifically when you're doing design or development you're you're kind of allowed to maybe have a few meetings a week and then the rest of your the rest of the time you're like heads down, fixing stuff and building stuff. Uh, the difference with products from what I see is that you're in a lot of meetings, you're talking to a lot of stakeholders and doing stuff like, like figuring out what is important to work on, um, allocating work, like in a, in, a, in a way that makes things move forward and then just like removing blockers. And so are you, are you liking the, the change in work and also if you're still doing some design stuff, like do you 
get a chance to still put your head like like heads down still work on that kind of stuff yeah totally <laughs> super interesting actually but in the past two two and a half weeks i think my meeting load has tripled by like 300 percent in a week uh I, which is good i personally i'm i would <laughs> on a deeper level i think i'm more of an ambivert rather than either an introvert or an extrovert and so right now i actually kind of enjoy sometimes tuesdays and thursdays seem pretty much packed with meetings and today was pretty bad too but i actually really enjoy them a lot of people don't i think meetings are really a blessing and a curse if they're done right or if they're done wrong and i feel like most of them have been really educational and it's been really fun so it's kind of it's kind of cool being able to have the perspective of both having worn the hats of a mobile developer slash UX UI designer uh, for both web and mobile, where when I'm in meetings these days, it's kind of fun to be able to like, oh, I'm starting to realize where some of my strengths might lay and where some of my weaknesses are. And like, I'm, I have so much to learn for finance, right? And number crunching and how do you do analytics there for KPIs, key performance, indica key performance indicators and such to analyze a business and how do you make OKR setting goals for your team and such like uh, for those who don't know OKRs are objective <coughs> results bless you and yeah so I think I get kind of a full free day on Friday to, to really work on designs here and there um, yesterday I had some meetings with some other product managers that were working on a product for internal tools and I think it's interesting, like, what is a designer? What is a product designer? What is a UX UI designer in the industry? And at scale with big companies like Airbnb, I saw people, you know, fully specialized in UX researcher and, you know, UI animations designer. And so these people specialize in such a niche, but here it's kind of a lot less specialized. So you kind of do a lot of the things. So um, the role can really... <clears throat> fluctuate between R&Ding, research and designing, ideating, doing a design sprint with a stakeholder, usually a PM, and then going more from the UX side of things, user experience side of things, and thinking about with the PM, the product manager, how the flow works and what are the problems we're trying to solve, what is the user possibly facing, and how do we build out a solution that's either new or integrating into what we currently have in our design system slash dev system and then going on from those tools <laughs> there's a whole deep dive into what tools you even use for that uh, on wireframing and ideation and rapid prototyping and stuff like that on to the next level of a step up in the fidelity scheme so the, the fidelity meaning like clarity of the design so you've got low wireframes which is pencil sketches or some other tool online and then you can up level it to high fidelity click throughs and such and then build it out in dev world so overall it's a bit of a a mixed pot right now i would say but it's good i'm having a great time cool nice. tell me about you though that's 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 me how's your week what have you been up to uh, the usual, we, we have a uh, 
a big potential customer that wants to use our tool. And so there's a big push to add certain features and, and uh, like work on a lot of things. Uh, it's, there's, there's this, there's this tricky scenario where I can work on features that from an external perspective, like look really good. And it's nice if users have it, but at the same time, I know that there are certain, there's certain refactoring that needs to be done to support future development. So I'm kind of, kind of weighing the pros and cons because if I, if I rewrite how one of our services is, is working, but in a way that makes future edits and like future features a lot easier to add on to like that's really useful but if i spend two weeks on it then it's really hard to see like from an external perspective like what i've done mm -hmm. so i'm kind of i'm kind of uh wrestling with that i think i think the balance is pretty good so far on, on my team in that my my immediate coworkers know what needs to be done and they're like there's the right time and place to work on it but you know it, when when we have customers and users kind of knocking on our door asking for things it's it's really hard to like like if we wanted to we could like quickly build all those features but if we like keep focusing on building the next thing, like things break a lot and things break all the time. And um, yeah, it's a interesting predicament to be in. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess in the overall picture of things, I'm like thankful to be in this position. That being said, now that I am in this position, it's it's uh it's just like really stressful sometimes. And I'm just like, oh, I'm tired. So um yeah. That's awesome. When you when you're trying to figure out whether or not to build out or refactor your architecture layer uh, slash services layer versus building out a new feature set. How do you and your team do it? Do you have a product manager, pod structure? Do you, are you self-run? How do you guys decide what comes first? Pretty self-run. We've been doing two-week sprints. And um, a, lot of, a lot of times I'll, I'll be like, hey, I'm working on these things. Is there, is there anyone who feels strongly that I should be working on something else? And uh, I try to finish in two weeks, but a lot of times I don't. And so a lot of that carry is over. And then uh, and another, another reason that happens is because certain things break. And so it might, it might take an extra day or two to like fix that thing or, or an API changes from one of the tools that we're using. And so we have to change our, our wrapper around it. And, but then that's, that's an immediate 
fix that's needed or yeah there's like a there's a bunch of things that is kind of hard to plan for yeah that sounds really hard but yeah i feel like if you're gonna do a if you're doing a release and one of the core features doesn't work then like you better fix that bug like stop what you're doing and fix that bug so yeah that makes sense um how big is your guys' team um we have three people working full-time on our project like an internal high touch trading tool and i think the company is like a thousand people wow um yeah um yeah i've been been thinking about thinking about a lot of stuff so when you're when you're doing a product stuff and and you're in a lot of meetings and you know you're probably getting some some skills and some like learning some of the uh, finance domain um do you do you think about what you're optimizing for uh what do you mean by what we're optimizing for are you talking yeah what do you mean mm. i guess like you're trying user? to do or <laughs> something more interesting than that or... uh well from from like a selfish perspective so like your your oh, own for a personal growth point of view oh totally yeah. like what am i trying to optimize my learnings for to to work towards whatever the future is that i'm trying to you know i have no idea what it is but what am i maximizing learnings for career-wise yeah and i and i think um like there there are people who who uh if you get if you get a higher offer or like a high offer somewhere else it's like of course you take the high offer but then there are people that there are people that really want to work on something that that uh has some kind of like social impact and then there are people that want to work on a particular technology or like vibe with a certain team like have you have you thought about like at least the balance of that because because oh, it's absolutely. like yeah like like some of like how much how much you get paid is obviously going to pay some role in that might not be everything but then it'll play some role and then whether or not you're generally happy and productive that's that's probably another thing that's yeah that's that's something i've been uh thinking about i love it yeah i i think we should definitely it's really important and it's something i'm still trying to work through with that my, the first answer to your question would i take a uh, higher job paying thing one i'm paid very fairly and i i know some people in my life that you know they just want more money and it's not enough but for me i'm paid at a really nice level and it's not fully about money anymore like there just came a moment where you're like oh, okay you know like I'm paid more than the the poverty level and a bit more than that. <laughs> and I, I live at a great home with some, my family. And so like happiness is also checkmarked um, just at a personal level. At a professional level, I think it's also a question of do I job hop or not due to the, you know, the age old adage of is it better to <clears throat> the devil you know than the devil you don't. And it's having been in 
having I had like four managers Airbnb, a manager AMLS, Apple, two, three, four, five, six. So I've had like <clears throat> six managers so far in the past like five years as I've been in the tech game. And I just know how hard it is to find a really solid manager, or at least maybe my trust is kind of broken a bit. So once I found one, I'm like, okay, really cool. It would just take a really, of course, there's never a full no, but it would just take a lot to to get me to move or something like that. Um, and then I also think, as you're saying, there's the learning aspect. Where is a job that's not just paid really well that you know a headhunter can catch you over to, but what is it that's interesting to you that you're wanting to learn on? And is your job fulfilling that type of desire too? Uh, team collaboration as well and working with people that are really cool and interesting and smart and uh, kind. And I think, yeah, my company checks a lot of those boxes. One of the big ones is uh, I've always wanted to learn about just the financial layer of society and just how that works. And I think that's also one thing that we always nerd out about and are still learning about. And I do believe that becoming we're you know i would guess you're like a fintech neobank in a way or becoming more of a neobank or a new bank and we'll be going to the blockchain someday i'm sure and i'm really excited about blockchain and crypto and learning about that we were just on a call today talking with a provider and i was like so what are your thoughts on crypto and they're like oh we get asked that very rarely but we're starting to figure things out we've got like an api integration to an exchange house to possibly change diad into crypto and crypto into fiat but yeah we still are, we're still we're still figuring it out and i'm like oh cool me too <laughs> so yeah those are the types of things that i do think about i yeah i like where i am don't think i'll be moving anytime soon um because i do have i don't know there's also the thing where it's the ceiling of growth where at my current job i feel like there is quite a high ceiling left for me to keep growing at and growing into and learning from peers that are much my senior and mentors while at other places it was kind of like oh I don't think there's a very high ceiling here and I feel like I'm a bit stuck and management isn't helping grow me or develop me and I can't find other potentials opportunities to grow and so yeah then I leave or left so yeah what about you what are your thoughts on that type of question Yeah, I mean, it's definitely what I've been thinking about because I, um, like, for, for me, I want to get paid to learn. Which... Yeah, that's the best. I, like, if I can get that tatted, I'm not going to, but <laughs> that is the, the thing. <laughs> like, anybody is like, get mm -hmm. paid to learn. Oh, my goodness. Especially if you can control what you're learning, even better. Yeah. Um, and... I definitely, I definitely have that. Like I'm, I'm super fortunate in, in my position and my role and the people that I work with, like I'm getting a lot of good uh, feedback on my, on my code and I'm like reading code. That's a lot better than mine. And it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I, uh, I feel like, I feel like I'm, feel like I'm just inching closer, getting a little bit better every day, but then kind of like on a day-to-day -day perspective, I'm just like, ah, oh, why can't I do this faster? Or, or uh, just like do this cleaner, but then 
think in the last year I've gotten a lot better. Uh, so that, that's been super cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing because I, I, I meet people who are techies and in, in the tech world and we discuss salary and everything. And I'm, I'm like very happy with my pay. Like if anything, I might be getting above market. Um, but that being said, I can't help but hear about some of the offers that other people are getting and, and think to myself, oh yeah, totally. In, in two years, I could, I could reach X amount. And the problem with that, the problem with that is that it becomes like a game and, and what you're working on and the impact that that has is like not a, it's not a big consideration when you are thinking about it in that way. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's something I've been, that's something I've been wrestling with. Um, like, I don't want to think like that, but I can't, I can't help but be like, oh, like when, when I feel comp, like I'm paid extremely well, uh, like very happy with it, but I'm also saying, oh, but that other, that other person in a similar role is a uh, it's so much more yeah it's like <laughs> yes, yeah. Add, add another 150k on top of that and i'm like what yeah. like yeah. and yeah and and a part of a part of me is thinking like okay like i could totally grind on the code and like there is a known way to to like do well on these interviews like there is a transparent process to like study and prepare for them. And SAT, totally. Oh Still yeah. Learned totally. And it's like a, a part of a part of me in however many years when I'm ready, like just wants to try out that path for the sake of uh for the sake of being like Hey, I did it. Like, cool. Um, but I'm not. I'm not sure that's healthy. Because it's like, after a certain point, having extra, having extra cash like doesn't make that much of a difference, especially in the short term. And like, like if you if you asked me at 20 years old, like, hey, if you were making X amount, like, what would you try to do? Like. If you asked me, I would what I would have said was probably like, I would try to save for a few years and then and then go travel for for like like work for two years, travel for two years, or something really like adventurous and out there. Or like it wouldn't it wouldn't be like, oh, I would try to get the next higher bump, or like I would try to reach manager, or I would try to reach like some fancy like title like principal engineer and and i think i think working in 
the corporate world and being surrounded by other people in the corporate slash startup world has made that change to my thinking. Um, and yeah, I like, don't know how I feel about it. Um, I think in the, in the big picture of things, a, a kind of like good balance that works well with my conscious. Um, so something I'm thinking of right now is what if I did optimize for a giant salary, like assuming, assuming I'm learning in all scenarios, what if I did that and then just like donated more? And so it's like, I was able to help certain nonprofits, uh, like do their work. And so th there's a whole, there's a whole movement behind, uh, what's called, uh, what's it called? It's like earning to give, uh, which we can, um, all right, I'll, I'll summarize it. The idea behind earning to give is that people who want to do good for the world, instead of working at a nonprofit, um, they work in, in a very lucrative careers and then donate their money. The reason for that is if that person does not get the job at the nonprofit, there's going to be someone who's like marginally who's like pretty similar, who's going to get, who's going to have that job. Whereas if you have the lucrative career and donate a bunch of your money, not a lot of people are going to do that. And so it kind of like moves the needle for the whole space. So that's, that's something that I'm thinking about. Um, and then maybe like investing a lot into mental health stuff. So whatever, whatever that looks like. Hmm. So yeah, I'm not, nothing's, nothing's for certain yet. Like I might, I might be a monk in a year, like living in a mountain somewhere, I but... <laughs> at least for six months. Um, uh, man, I, I really want to, I really, really do want to figure out a way to do something similar to what you've done or and many of others have done. If anyone didn't know, John, what was it in 2016? you just bought a one-way ticket to France and ended up at a, you'd, the story that I was told, and let's see if I remember this, because I remember this from a few years back, was John bought a one-way ticket to France after quitting his job and had one backpack, no luggage, one backpack was goods, and flew there and ended up in the middle south of France at a monastery and he stayed there for six months and lived a monastic life and I really want to do something like that it sounds it's just yeah was that is it, how close was that uh it was pretty wrong no I had, what I had luggage what you told me you had one backpack I swear <laughs> that is one point that I can swear no way how much luggage did you have just a suitcase. Did you have a backpack? I, yeah, I had a backpack. Oh, damn. Okay, man. I may, I may have talked about. I may have talked about another time I traveled with just a backpack. Oh, maybe I've conflated the two stories. But and then I was I was there for ninety days. The reason why it was ninety days was because an you American six months. <laughs> no, no, it was ninety days. Well, I okay. So okay, keep going. Yeah, it turns out at the time. Uh, Americans are only allowed to be in France for 90 days. So, mm. 
so I, I left after. Um, <laughs> wow, I, I, that's pretty funny. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, visa requirements. All right. <laughs> yeah. Back to the, the anyways. That's I think that's really cool. And I, one day I feel like it would be cool to talk about adventure stuff and and where our hearts desire and what we're mm -hmm. trying to do in this world. Because something I actually think about a lot is you know I have family, friends, and like my whole life is here in Arizona is where I am. I I don't want to move. I don't want to leave, but I do have this desire to travel and live in other places. So it's like a really hard thing for me to one day we'll, we'll get to the root of. I'm sure and. There's it's such a big world out there, but home is where the heart is, I think, and family and friends mm -hmm. are the top two. And then now that I work remotely, I think that's kind of a nicer thing to to come to help with wherever, whatever I choose. But it's really difficult. Like, would you, if you got paid that, I don't know, the hundred fifty, like three hundred, four hundred k. Everybody developers get paid crazy amounts after multiple years in the industry, and the higher they go up. They can get places at the big bang companies and other companies that pay ludicrous amounts. The question is, as John's questioning, is the work-life balance there? Is the happiness there? Is your passion for the work and optimizing for yourself and learning there? Or are you really just kind of using your skills to build something for someone else that you're not fully in tune with and passionate for, but you get a very big paycheck and thus can give back to other things you believe in. So um, with that, though, when you if that moment came and, and which moment uh, the moment where you got a ludicrously large offer say 300 mm -hmm. 350k i don't know mm -hmm. and it was in a different state that your family friends loved ones wherever if they that's where you kind of were posted up would that change does location change in the function because right now we've got we've got salary plus equity, of course, and then happiness, working happiness, home happiness, and the functions for what does an optimized life of work mean? What else do we have? Does distance and location work for where your home base is? Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of a trick question because if a recruiter from, where, where's somewhere I don't wanna be, let's say like St. Paul, Minnesota reached out to me, then I probably wouldn't go through the interview process. Mm, true. Like maybe sense. if it was a remote job, but, but uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe that so, doesn't make sense in the tech industry because you wouldn't really uproot yourself anymore because most of it's gone remote. Yeah, yeah. you'd just be gotcha. wherever you want to be and then, or find a company that is where you want to be. But Would you ever move back to San Francisco or the tech industries in like Seattle and just take the big paychecks from those tech companies? So the Bay Area is not on top of my list. Yeah, me neither. Oh, God. I do not want to go back there. Not to be judgmental. Yeah. Oh, gosh. What a place. I think, I think New York is going to be, like, I think New York will be fun. But I'm not, I'm not sure if that's a long-term thing either. So we'll see. Like, uh, for, for those of you listening, I'm probably going back to New York sometime second half of the year and i think the the biggest reason i want to be back in new york is because i want to ride a bike to work and i want to be in an office <laughs> that's pretty much it 
So, yeah, the city life. People love it. Some people don't like it, but that's cool. I respect you. I haven't visited any of my friends in New York, which is sad, even from graduating college. And I really, I, I would have to do it for you. It would be terrible. I, I didn't actually when you were in New York, but man, I have to visit you, Jackie, some other friend. I still haven't done it. I'm a terrible friend. I need to up my friend game. I look, I look forward to the day we record this podcast in the same room. Oh my goodness. That'd be pretty mm-hmm. cool. I love it. Have some whiskey or whatever. Ooh, that sounds great. <laughs> well, I think, I think you would like it. It's, it's pretty fun to visit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel um, like but... if, yeah, I could, be, I could see myself living in a big city again. I kind of hate on it now just, just for fun, but yeah, one day maybe it could be fun. I'd like to live yeah. across seas more, kind of work remotely. That'd be fun. I have a friend who moved to Singapore. He got a big offer from Airbnb, Google, and Silicon Valley a few years after he graduated college because he was working there. And he also got an offer from a Singapore-based company, and he chose that one, even though he got offered like 300 plus K. (laughs) It was (laughs) was really crazy when I heard it. And... um, I think he took the Singapore one and he's happy there. He's really enjoying it. I need to get back in touch with him a bit more about it. But yeah, that's the type of thing. If I had the opportunity, my life's a bit different. I'm not able to kind of do that type of stuff right now, but one day that could be cool. Yeah, you'll you'll have your chance. I don't even know. I don't even know how I would. I guess I could apply to companies in Singapore. It just seems so exotic and out of the way. Dude, they have such an incredible financial system there. There, I yeah. didn't know. It's incredible. They're like GDP per capita. Uh, is, what is it, Hugh? Almost. I don't know, but I think it's higher than and than the states or was. Oh, absolutely, bit. absolutely yeah. higher. It's it's unbelievable. And they're it, they're it, what two seventy yeah. square miles. They have they have the most millionaires per capita. It's incredible. And then they have no. Uh, capital gains tax and then they do they do all these smart things like if i if i built a city from scratch i would copy what singapore did i love it they they tax cars a bunch so that people are incentivized not to drive and then they just make public transportation really good like it's the best way to design a city such that most like most people are happy And then if you want to look at a bad example of how to design a city, then look at Los Angeles. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about their public transfer system, uh, transport system. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm tempted to run for mayor in like 10 years. Oh, I would. With, the, uh, oh with a campaign promise of, I will fix traffic. Forget you about everything 10 else. Years. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait to meet John Kim Senor in 10 years. <laughs> Wow. Well, hopefully, hopefully I don't disappoint. Be like homeless. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's really in our cards. I think we're very lucky not to be going down that route, (laughs) but hopefully, but maybe not. You never know. Things can happen. But that being said, what is Bitcoin? (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, Hugh, what, what do you want me to ask you? What, what, what do you, you want to talk about Bitcoin? Have at it. <laughs> Let's do it. More like what? See, this is the thing. I really want to learn more about what is NFT, non-fungible token. Really, even more. But I feel like it would be interesting for us to, well, I don't even know how long we're into this one already, but I feel like we should do an intro on just the crypto ecosystem one day to just talk about it at a high level. And I think mm -hmm. that would be really, really interesting. And then we can start to progress down that track because what is Bitcoin? What is the crypto ecosystem? What is blockchain? What is Ethereum? And is it yin and yang to Bitcoin or is it a competitor? Then what are DeFi, Uniswap, SushiSwap? What are these other things called altcoins? Mm -hmm. What is NFTs? Why is there a $69 million painting that is a digital painting of pixels getting paid for? And how are they paying for that? And how much are they getting taxed on it? Slash how much did that transaction cost? Because it was on blockchain. So it was probably way cheaper than it would have been. I think we have a lot to unpack there. What is DeFi just in general? How, how do money lending platforms work there? Um, man, I- have you, done, have you done any, uh, like how, what, what have you dived deepest into recently in the crypto world wait hold on i lost uh, my my cord just broke hold on give me one second sorry test test can you hear me mm -hmm. you're, okay, you're perfect. frozen back. though the, the cord like uh. oh no let me let me stop this video and then start it again okay, all right cool. the question was what what have you Bitcoin, dived deep think, into right. recently? Into recently? Mm -hmm. I wish I were diving deeper into crypto. I haven't had as much time, but I think it would be interesting to talk about just what is the fundamentals. But again, I feel like that should be at least a 30-minute segment on just a focused topic where we get right into it rather than people already being a bit tired probably. I don't know. What about you? What's your what's your most focused segment that you've been into for blockchain so far recently? Um, nothing, nothing deep or overly informative. Um, I just I just listened to some podcast interviews with people in the Bitcoin world. I think I think if I was not working full time and I and Okay, these are all excuses. If I cared enough, then I would, I would, uh, like there, there are some, there are some courses that I want to take that dive into, like how proof of work works, how, how the just like blockchain and and hashes and encryption and all of that, like how it all works at a at a basic level, and I think. I think I understand enough to seem competent if people are talking about it, but I think I don't understand enough to teach someone else about it. So it would, it would be cool to dive a little yeah. bit deeper into it. Um, and then there's another class that I have about uh, the, the basics of Austrian economics. So that, that would be another class that would be really cool to 
dive into. Um, yeah, one one thing I've been I've been thinking about, and I could probably have a whole episode about this. Is but uh, I'm I'm really I'm really like trying to have really focused like really deep work, and I'm I'm tempted I'm tempted to like take a year or two off and just like study every day but then that'd be amazing yeah and i and i have a little bit of that because i work from home and i do development but it would be cool to to like be on my own time and so like i don't have to look into i don't have to like answer emails and like i can just do whatever i want but that's something i've been toying with i i'm i'm reading i'm reading a book uh it's called the, the, what is it called? Like techno, techno punk, something like that. But someone, someone basically spends a year learning about computer science and AI and like, and, and like how, how certain things work and like physics. And he just like tries to spend the whole year learning. And then he writes a book about it. And I'm really enjoying the book so far. And I'm, and I'm jealous that he had this chance to, to just like keep learning and I'm like God, I kind of want to do that and then it would be cool to to blog about it and like make videos about it again with no expectation of anyone watching or listening just like this podcast although if you are listening shout out to you um <laughs> but yeah it's just just some stuff I've been I've been thinking about but that would have to be in a uh, in a next chapter of life um but, um, but yeah, Bitcoin's cool. I'm, what is it at like 58K, something like that? Yeah, I think it hit like a 62K high last week and then it dropped about 10, 20%. A bit fluctuating. It's like 52K, maybe up a bit <clears throat> today, 54-ish, but I haven't looked. So. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's wild. Yeah. Have you, been, have you been buying? Uh, no, I haven't had very much. Uh, extra income recently i had to work on paying off a car but you know nice life hey, you paid off a car or you're paying it off yeah working it just you know saving up some stuff still doing student loans too for college and such but we're getting there i think my financial management system is getting pretty good getting some savings and yeah i wish i could uh I, the coin i would have bought next would have been ada and it's gone up 26% yesterday. You <laughs> know why? Because it is now going to be purchasable on Coinbase. And oh, I, and they just had a thing called the Mary Fork in the beginning of March, so the end of February, beginning of March 1st. And it's supposed to be kind of like the Ethereum 2.0 fork, where it's supposed to be competing against the Ethereum token chain. And ADA should be having an optimization there that with the Mary thing they've been working on for a few years should be good. So in the past six months, it's gone up from like 10, 20, 30 cents to a dollar. Now a dollar 20, dollar 30. I only heard about it about two months ago when I started researching it at 80 cents and then I didn't have money to buy any. So that's okay. Then you always get into that thing where you're like, oh, it's so high now. I don't really want to buy it. And then you see it go up 30% because of Coinbase. Like, oh, God. But eh. I don't know. It's okay. It happens. I just learn more. Yeah. 
That's fine. Where do you think Bitcoin could go? When would you sell? Because I, I know uh, for those of you listening, Hugh and I both have some Bitcoin. Yeah, we have a few. I well, at least I have a few bits of Bitcoin. That's, that's I wish I had Bitcoin. Bitcoin, that would be nice. Few, few, uh, few satoshis. Few satoshis. Anywhere, anywhere between one and a hundred million satoshis. And and how many satoshis are in a Bitcoin? I think it's. Oh, I think it's a hundred million. Okay, anywhere from one to a billion satoshis. I think just this is actually super interesting to me. Uh, satoshis in a Bitcoin. I believe it's like seven zeros in a BTC. Let me just look it up. Really I think quick. it's a hundred million. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven zeros. So point seven zeros one. So seven to the ten. Uh, a ten to the seven. So what did you say? How many Bitcoins? I think it's a hundred million. Yeah, it is a hundred million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So three six. Really? Okay, cool. Anyways, yeah, less than one Bitcoin. I wish I had more. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. I have zero. I have zero. Zero point something. Ooh, don't hey, don't give that don't give that away. Zero We're gonna come something. finding you. All <laughs> right. So there's a thing on the hardware wallets. There's a uh, so there's different hardware wallets too that we'd have to talk about. And there's one, and it was the Oh man, I forgot the name of it. The MK3. And it's a Bitcoin only wallet, a cold storage wallet. Mm -hmm. We can talk more about those in the future, people, but it, it has there's this really entertaining XKCD comic, and it's called the $5 wrench attack. <laughs> and so, like all of these people have these really intense hardware wallets that protect them. But if someone comes up with you and the 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 comic goes, I have this massive encryption scheme, and the whole world would have to come together to break my encryption to hack my money and then the other guy's like i have a five dollar wrench <laughs> i think i can get that from you <laughs> kind of idea and so i think that's a very entertaining thing so they have a distress a distress pin and stuff i don't have this i just looked into it and i was like oh that's a really cool idea people have thought through this in their cyberpunkness how do you have fake peak pins and quasi wallets and such but yeah ledger ledger nano has a like a backup wallet so you can put in a different password and then it'll oh no it'll way. show you it'll show you like a a zero balance or something like that interesting i just got a treasure the other day because uh, i just went for the cheaper option uh but it, it was just their 50 dollar one on amazon and i probably should have done a bit more research. i just like i just need to get a wallet finally and is there so different wallets have different access to different features of course and one feature that i was interested in is that distress wallet so is it on the ledger you've got the ledger nano s right and the ledger x nano x i mean um, mm -hmm. and then there's like different levels to it that's the higher level one right with the bluetooth capability as well uh, oh i don't i don't know my my friends bought it bought mine for me for my birthday like 3 or 4 years ago and I haven't, I haven't really looked since like the one I, the one I have works. It's pretty simple. Like it's not made to be complicated or anything. Got it. Well, my question was going to be, 
does that one have that backup key? And I guess it does. And uh, my, my question would have been, do all of the ledgers have that feature or is it just that high, uh, that possible tiered of the ledger? I don't know. Hmm. Um, I never heard of it. I need a. I would have gotten that one if I knew. That would have been cool. Because the ne the next time someone comes at you with a wrench asking you for your hardware wallet, well, I mean, you know, in like twenty years, when point one Bitcoin is going to be worth five hundred thousand dollars, is going to be great. Yeah, that would be wild. Point one Bitcoin. I don't know. Do I? Ooh. But anyways, <laughs> no, no, I'm just going to but. That is an example, though. It is interesting. What do you think the price of Bitcoin would be uh, for one Bitcoin slash really Satoshi's by that time? And right now it's 52,000, about 62,000 as a high. I have been asked multiple times in the past few weeks and months when it was at 10,000, when it hit the 20,000 er, and mm -hmm. then the 35, and then the 55. And no one talked to me since really, but. <laughs> Once it hit past 10,000, I started to say to people, I don't know in the short term whether or not you should buy more right now. I have no idea, but I can tell you a bit more about like what it is, why I think it's interesting. And I do think that in 5, 10, 15 years, I do think it will go a lot more up than an index fund in the S&P 500. I think that's the right way of thinking about it. Yeah. Do you, right do you now, remember, yeah. do you remember when it was like 6,000, I was talking to you and I was like, I think it's going to hit a million in our lifetime. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, totally. I, I actually looked at it doing my taxes just last week and I bought like a few little bits, um, at 5,500 and I was like, why didn't I have more money? I just doing dollar cost averaging at the time. So like, you know, put a few hundred in here and there, but I, yeah. it's been a good return like that hundreds turned into a thousand or so right so like okay i wish i had more money <laughs> that would be cool uh, but i uh i was one year too late now i would trade Same, my I, was, <laughs> I was i had it at 5500 <laughs> i was i was in between jobs when uh at the at the at mid-march bitcoin dropped under four thousand yeah yeah and i yeah. was i was oh i was in between God. jobs and i was like i wish i had more cash and it, it happened just for like 10 minutes yeah uh, i remember those days i was talking to one of my best friends you're one of my best friends john but i have another best friend too and he's he i was like dude you should buy some bitcoin man <laughs> like i know you're getting paid more as like a tech dev <laughs> why didn't you should buy some but he didn't Love you, dude. <laughs> but I really wish you bought some now. I would have been like, just give me 5%. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've, I've actually, I've actually been trying to convince, I mean, not, not like forcefully, but um, I don't, I don't know. You know how, okay. Maybe you're, you know how some religious people, they'll, they'll try to like evangelize and they'll try to like talk to their friends about, about their religion yeah absolutely so like i i had that sentiment as i would talk to my friends and be like mm. hey hey uh i i want you to know about bitcoin like I, i'm i'm hope i'm hoping you can just put like one percent of your assets in here and and just like trust me or like or like 
if you if you make a if you make a wallet i'll like send you a little bit and like just please just like learn about it and like put some money into it did you and actually I, do that yeah I've, I've done that to a few friends i wish i did that i like regret honestly i like actually regret that i wasn't more like that like i think <clears throat> the way i did it with my closest friend group was i bought them a bitcoin book <laughs> and i gave it to them on their birthdays and then I talked to them every now and then over a coffee table. This was when I was in the 5K range and maybe up to 8K. And I was just like, you know, it'd be interesting. You should try it. Ask me any questions. And then like, no one ever asked me questions. And then I just never kind of followed up on it. I was like, darn. But hey, you, anyways, did, you did stuff by you know. buying a Bitcoin book. And I wish I could have been like, you should try to, if you have it. I don't have the cash, but if you have the cash, I <laughs> try, try to put one to 3% in, right? And and just like set it a bit more gung-ho. Like, why is it, what's so bad? Like, wh why wouldn't you? I, I wish I had asked that. Like, why wouldn't you right now put in even just a thousand dollars, right? And I wish I was, I wish I had done that better, but that's okay. Because I just want really my goal in life is to one, be able to support my family and have a really healthy, loving relationship with the family and a someday partner. And two, I want all of my closest friends and their friends too, but whatever, but my closest friends to all be rich. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want all of us to be happy rich, not just like happy, like rich with no friends and you're a loner and you're depressed and sad. I want every single one of my closest friends to be rich. And I want us to go like to the Bermudas whenever we want, fly and play with chains, go scuba diving whenever we want, get a get a <laughs> yacht and just drink like anything. <laughs> oh, you want to go? But I also want to do it anonymously. Like that is one of my highest goals is would you want to be rich? I, like, I don't know if, it, if things happen, but and again, being rich is even harder. Like, I don't even know if I'll even get there. But if that were to be, would you want to be rich and known or rich and not known? And personally, I would want to be rich and not known at all so then i could just go somewhere with a backpack pull a john kim with a luggage now i guess and <laughs> and just go anywhere rather than being like i'm scared of getting kidnapped because my face is everywhere i don't know not that that would really happen let's be real i'm just like a peon in this world but i wish i were a rich btc millionaire <laughs> those people are so anonymous <laughs> that'd be so nice yeah i mean obviously being known for being rich is i think that's a pretty undesirable position to be in for most people um but it would be cool to to be known for the work that you do i think i think that would yeah. be that would be really cool yeah, I've thought about that a lot too. It's back to your question of like, what is the money part and what are you trying to optimize for? I do think one, not being known, except in your like professional circles and your per personal circles, that would be really cool. Like be an Antonopoulos of your time. But I actually would be scared to be Antonopoulos now. He's probably targeted because <laughs> he must have a lot of Bitcoin. <laughs> um. I'm sure he could. He probably can't walk around the world and society very safely. Yeah, probably, probably just talk to. I mean, that's he's he's just talking to people about Bitcoin. It's kind of like a. I don't know, that guy's so cool. Oh, he's amazing. The way in yeah. which he talks, he's so eloquent.
sometimes yeah he's such a good he's, speaker yeah you can you can tell he reads a lot of random stuff and you didn't just wake up knowing all of that <laughs> darn i mean he, he talks about how he talks about how he he read the bitcoin source code when it first came out mm, yeah. and and cried no like, way really? yeah he, yeah wow yeah. and i think in 2011 it would be like man what a nerd and then now now it's like after seeing the work that he did you're just like wow respect it's amazing mm. yeah absolutely that the gentleman has a way with words yeah um, would you if someone if, if I, I don't know bitcoin i'm a good friend of yours and i come up to you and i say hey john should i buy bitcoin now what would you say so so i think if if bitcoin is a million dollars let's say bitcoin is a million dollars and and you have a time frame of a decade i think it still could be worth buying bitcoin depending on what you're trying to do so that would be how many doublings 50 to 100 100 to 200 200 to 400 400 to 800 so 4.5 doublings so if you put a thousand in it would be what uh, 4.5 doublings yeah well i'm cool. i'm just i'm just saying it like that that kind of question depends on the individual and so i think the kind of person that asks for financial advice i would tell them to do their own research because like my my financial situation is not going to apply to that person yeah that makes sense i guess what is it that someone who's just asking should i add money to bitcoin and it, blindly adding money to bitcoin is probably a bad idea if uh, just you should educate yourself but if someone were to educate themselves do you think that uh, a solid question for them to be would how could Bitcoin get to a million dollars? And then they can backtrack from there and see if it's even provable that they can like find things and prove it. Because that's what I would probably do. Um, like, yeah, how, and people yeah. people look at it differently, but there people have models about it and uh, they've tried to predict the price. There's one, there's one called stock to flow that was made by this guy anonymous blogger named plan b who made a made a model and it's been like weirdly accurate so far hmm. yeah the, the weird thing is in 2025 i think according to his model bitcoin is going to be like 2.5 million hmm. which is insane so i i hope i hope he's wrong because that would be so ridiculous if it was so, 2.5 million in like five years like that would be insane have you ever researched what the m1 m2 m3 amounts are mm -hmm. uh, for the money supply of usd and such so what do, do you know the number i actually can't remember off the top of my head what this is what i would suggest people learn and know is like what is that number for like how much would the market cap of bitcoin be if it were worth one million dollars or 2.5 million dollars how much money would be in it 
and then how much money is currently in the M1? 21, 21 billion. I don't think that's or right. Like, like 19 billion. Depends on depends on which uh which year it is. You just multiply it by 21 billion. The million. market cap is not 21 billion. There's no way. Yeah, if it was if it was a million or 21 trillion. Yeah. Big difference. <laughs> 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 so I called on times a thousand, <laughs> ten orders of mag or four orders of magnitude, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what a pocket change, man! <laughs> Billion, trillion, whatever. That's funny. Yeah, so it would be twenty-one trillion. What is the, the or like the capital? upper limit? So it could be like nineteen trillion. Cool, cool. And so what is the market cap of like the total circulating money supply of USD fiat right now? That would be M1, right? Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I'm wondering. I don't know. I, I think I think that's that's one of those questions. That's that's uh good good to Google. Yeah. And, so and then not, yeah. If someone Googled that, then the question would be once you know that number and then you know the quote unquote 1 million price peg that you're aiming for, or say put in the input value of 500,000 or 100,000, even if you're looking at it, see what the market cap is, compare it, and then think about how can we get this to that? Because right now, and is that worth it? Like the USD is the price peg fiat of the world, right? It's the global reserve currency. If Bitcoin were to truly become a $21 trillion market cap, <clears throat> I would suspect that it has a higher liquidity pool than um, USD fiat, which means that the only way Bitcoin could have become that value is that if USD became not the reserve currency, but we became a Bitcoin currency world. And then the question is, is that really feasible? And how is that feasible? And why is that feasible? I'm still trying to figure that one out of, yeah, like arguably it's cool and stuff and it seems interesting, but there's also a lot of different edge case concerns. And I know the Gemini founders, the, the, what were their names? The twins, uh, Winklevoss, the, Winklevoss, the, Winklevoss, the Winklevoss twins, the Winklevoss have an interesting thing and they're very gung ho about it. And I, yeah, I just wonder, I, the thing I wonder is like the infinite divisibility of Bitcoin. Of just how divisible is it? A hundred million satoshis per Bitcoin is is pretty divisible, but yeah, I wonder if it would really happen in ten years because that's what the gentleman in twenty twenty five is saying. By four years, I don't know. That sounds um, crazy. How can yeah it get to two point five mil? I'm curious. I'm super think, interested. Let's research this. I think it'll. I think it'll happen. I don't know if it's in our lifetime. Yeah. But. Yeah, every okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say say a statistic that's probably wrong, but but like we've had different reserve currencies, and they change once in a while. And 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 Bitcoin is the ultimate hard money. And it's the ultimate like capital right. And it's it's like the like yeah. I, yeah. I won't I won't go too much into it because we're we're uh, I think we're past an hour, but uh, I, I do think I do think Bitcoin will be the world's reserve currency. I don't know if it'll happen in our lifetime, but hmm. like yeah, I think it'll I think it'll happen. 
like if 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 one side if one thing is printing a bunch and taking advantage of the fact that it has this status and the other one has a fully transparent system and a fully like fully transparent way of verifying uh, how much total value there is and, and what it's going to be in at x x point in time and and it's like not controlled by any government uh, and there's no incentive for like and the a government has like very different incentives than than this uh this like magical internet money thing yeah. so it's just yeah it's just like it's just like bound to happen but i don't i don't know if it'll be in five years or in 50 years or 100 years but i think i think it'll eventually happen you so, know i think yeah. it's so interesting so for a bit of backstory history very light <clears throat> we used to have the silver reserve currency and then it became the gold standard and then in like what was it 1960 something like that and uh, we switched over to the fiat no what 1971 1971 perfect there we go. That's why he's here. Hey. And President then, Nixon got off the gold standard. Love it. And so then we became fiat-based. And we'll that's the question I got from a friend who's like, well, you know, why, what's so bad about fiat and such? And where does the value of Bitcoin come? And then I was like, where does the value of fiat come from? And that yeah. was an interesting conversation to like just retort. for. And so that rabbit hole goes deep. But with that question, I think it goes... The next thing, though, is this is something I, I like to push back a bit on. And, and in the sense, you've got really great speakers like Antonopoulos and even yourself uh, of saying Bitcoin would become the fiat reserve. The thing I don't really hear often is, is, is Bitcoin really going to become the reserve? Yes, I get it. It's deflationary. Yes, I get it. It's immutable ledger other than a 51% base stack. And it's the best thing we have so far or had so far. But now we have a lot of other altcoins that are coming out. And I'm going to just use a very meme type coin, not saying that this is something I support, but right. There are different currencies out there just for people to know that mm -hmm. could also become reserve currencies and not just Bitcoin. And so you have to also compare now, is this kind of the MySpace of the space or is this the Facebook of the space? Or is it not like that ecosystem at all? Um, and Antonopoulos argues that it's not the MySpace of the space in a way because they're doing really good innovation and having like the lightning layer and stuff like that. And, but the question is, you know, there are other coins that have different governance structures and token issuance structures that I'm curious about whether or not having a bit of inflation is good, even though, because Bitcoin has no inflation and I'm like 21 million price peg or coin token and then a deflationary scale over 120 years. Mm, the last Bitcoin is arguably mined in 2140. Supposedly, people are saying it would be mined in 2078 because it's on a three-year, nine-month uh, halving rather than a four-year halving cycle, something like that. But I don't know. I need to look into that. That being said, what, a, what about other coins? Like, I don't, I don't know. I just haven't heard too much conversation about that of, what are the other coins that could possibly be 
bit more long-term stable that are less deflationary, sure, with a bit of inflation built in, but are pegged. Because that's also the thing is the government is able to print $1.9 trillion out of nowhere, right? Uh, and stuff like that. So where does, yeah, I don't know. Some things have like 3%, 5%, 1% total token inflation every year. And I think those are interesting structures. Or can we make it dynamic and how? And, and then it turns into the U.S. government or any government, really. So it's like, how does that not become a central bank? Um, who controls it? Tune in next time for <laughs> us to find out. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I need to go on a run, so I'll close real quick. Cool, man. Hey. Awesome. Hey, everyone, for those of you still listening. Thanks for, thanks for listening to the end and for seeing the, uh, the cool outro and listen to the cool music. And we, Hugh and I, will see you next week for another episode of the Moon Key Podcast. Peace.